Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, the Eric Erickson Show across the nation. In the next hour, Gary Black is going to join me. He's running for the U.S. Senate in Georgia. Been highlighting one of the most important races in all of America. If the Republicans pick up the seat and hold their others, they take back control of the Congress. Uh, there are a number of people running. And, uh, well, Herschel Walker dominates the field down there. I'm looking at the real clear politics average. He's up by 55 points. But uh, his numbers have been going down, and I just I thought in fairness to all the candidates, I'd allow them to introduce themselves to voters uh, across the stage and uh, make their case. Walker has declined, but Gary Black will be joining me, the current agriculture commissioner in Georgia, uh, in the next hour. However, we still got news. One thing I I, I got to note um, the uh, the Biden administration has announced essentially it's it's time to get nasty. The Biden campaign strategy from this administration is really getting out there now, uh, and, and we're starting to see what's going to happen. They're making excuses for things. Uh, but also, uh, one other news point i got to highlight, and we'll get into this at the bottom of this hour. The Supreme Court had some decisions come out today. People were expecting an early release of the Dobbs case. It's unusual for the Supreme Court to release opinions on a Monday. People assumed it would be the Dobbs opinion. As a result, it was not. But some important cases, and we will get into those at the bottom of the hour, I want to spend a little bit on raw politics, though, right now. Donna Brazil is a friend of mine. I've actually known Donna Brazil for some time. Uh, we were at CNN together. Uh, I don't think she cared for me at first. I was one of those rabid right-wingers. And, um, boy, we hit it off. We're both from South Louisiana and uh, James Carville as well. And even as we disagreed on politics, we had a lot of fun in large part because I found uh, that they had a a – disdain for people in politics who don't actually know what they're talking about. And I actually had worked in politics, ran campaigns, and so we could get along at that level. And then, of course, from Louisiana, uh, we could we could bond over pecan pie, pecan pie for some of you, and gumbo. Here's Donna Brazil on ABC over the weekend talking about the Democrats and what they are or are not doing, that uh, they're asleep at the wheel. And they got to get back. Brazil, it does seem like Pennsylvania, one of the few bright spots the Democrats are pinning their hopes on. Well, we got a we got a couple others. I hope Ohio, after the Republicans spent over 60, 75 million, I think the the tab in Pennsylvania has gone up to 70 million dollars, just beating each other up. So that's an opening for Democrats. We have an opening, I think, uh, in North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Ohio. These are seats where there are Republican retirements. But we also have to protect the home front, Georgia, Arizona, Nevada, New Hampshire. Democrats got to stop sleeping at the wheel, okay? I'm serious. Stop sleeping at the wheel. Stop waiting for the last six weeks of the election. I know we're about to spend a ton of money on television. That's like just throwing water uh, in the wind. Democrats got to go back and create communities and remind people what the Democratic Party is doing to help them. Help them at the gas station. Help them in the grocery store. Help them where it matters, in their wallets, in, in, in their homes. But if Democrats are not able to do that and they continue to sleep at the will and just rely on Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, forget it. But I, I, I believe, because I trust the woman who was sitting here just a few moments ago, and that's my leader. She's going to fight like hell. And she may not be able to 
turn the tide of history, which is always what we worry about and you worry about if you had the White House. But you know what? You can still put up a doggone fight. And if Democrats don't put up a fight, they're going to sleep at the wheel and Republicans and Donald Trump and everything else is going to happen. That was Donna Brazil uh, This weekend on ABC, she's talking about her leaders, Nancy Pelosi, going to fight. Well, it sounds like that's all Joe Biden's got left. Here, here's the headline. Biden starts conceding that the bygone era of D.C. may indeed be gone. Among his inner circle, there's been a hankering for sharper elbows. Now, this is just um, fluffy nonsense from Politico. You should know this. Um, They apparently swallowed the whole line from the White House on this. They literally think that Joe Biden's been playing it nice. I'm old enough to remember when Joe Biden recently called Republicans the party of Bull Connor and the Confederates. Was he being nice when he did that? Because he certainly burned some bridges with the GOP along the way. The fever didn't break. And for the Biden White House, efforts at bipartisanship have finally taken a backseat. To the frustration of many Democrats and some of his closest advisors, President Joe Biden has steadfastly spent more than a year in office insisting on trying to work across the aisle with Republicans. It's produced some notable legislative successes, but it's also been colored by a fair dose of in-your-face GOP obstruction. Now, more than a year later, Biden no longer believes that most Republicans will eventually drop their fealty to Donald Trump and show a willingness to engage. He himself has admitted he's wrong. I never expected that ultra-MAGA Republicans would see who seem to control the party now to have been able to control the Republican Party, the president said last week. I never anticipated that happening. To many Democrats, the admission was long overdue. Even some in Biden's orbit have been urging a more aggressive response, according to four White House officials and Democrats close to the White House. Y'all, Joe Biden called the Republicans the party of Bull Connor, racists, and the Confederates. He said you were on the side of the Confederate flag. How is that trying to build bridges to the GOP? He's repeatedly in the past year. I mean, this is the problem. This reporter at Politico, I I bet is a progressive, Jonathan Lemire, undoubtedly a progressive himself, and he believes the same spin. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yep, yep, yep. Uh, He's on MSNBC. That tells you everything you need to know about Jonathan Lemire. He's on MSNBC, and he tends to believe that, yes, Joe Biden tried to build bridges to the Republicans, but the Republicans are nasty. The Republicans are mean. Y'all, the Republicans, no victory awaits them. Why would they want to work? Why would they want to work with the Democrats right now, particularly when the Democrats call them racist? Why would they want to do that? I see no reason for them to do that. 
And so now the Democrats are, we're going to vilify the Republicans. We're going to make them be racist. We're going to say they're ultra mega man in charge and they're racist and we're going to blame all the shit. You've already done that. And this is the problem. This, this is really a problem. The Democrats believe they've been Mr. Nice Guy. And they haven't. The loudest voices in the Democratic Party, the voices of the pundit class on MSNBC and CNN, they've been doing all of this stuff. Biden may have thought he was somehow playing it reasonable and moderate. But he really hadn't been. Really hadn't been. And the Democrats themselves have been just as nasty as Biden is now getting. And the public is rejecting that. And this ultimately is because they have nothing to run on. Inflation, they got inflation and they can't run on it. They can't run on economic success. They want to run on economic success, but they can't because you don't believe we are in economically successful times. You don't like the economy. And the Democrats are out there blaming you, blaming you for not paying attention to them. I mean, here, this is Joe Biden on the baby formula shortage. Should you have taken those steps sooner before parents got to these shelves and and couldn't find formula? If we'd been better mind readers, I guess we could have. But we moved as quickly as the problem became apparent to us. And we have to move with caution as well as speed. Wait a second. If you were a minor, if you knew, how did you not know? How are you out of touch that you're only now reacting to this? You weren't a mind reader? By the way, your health and human services secretary says you've known for months. And now you're admitting you, you didn't act. There's your problem. Here's a CNBC. I mean, this is what Sorkin, what's his name? The young guy, Ross, calling out boot edge edge. And look, I've talked about how you, you could raise corporate taxes from where they are today. So so we're, we're not so far off here. But do you not agree that these are two different issues? Meaning if you change corporate taxes, yes, in the immediate term, maybe it will have some impact on inflation. But it's a corporate tax is a long term issue. You either deal with it because you think it's the right thing to do or it's the wrong thing to do, not because you're trying to deal with inflation right this second. Well, look, a lot of it is what you're going to do with the revenue. And again, we have an agenda to, to use tax revenue on things that are going to ease inflationary pressures. But also, we have a very clear contrast right now, right? You, you have uh, Senate Republican proposals that are about raising taxes on the poor and the middle class. And you have the president's worldview, which is shared by the majority of Americans, uh, that if anybody needs to be uh, carrying more of the load right now, it is the wealthiest and corporations that have become uh, extremely profitable. By the but way, corporations also that have inflation. often, you, well, hold on, this is really important. Well, corporations that have invoked inflation as an excuse to keep prices high in ways that are not just. I mean, you, you've got uh, CNBC. Ross Sorgan, who's a liberal on CNBC, he's the young guy who emotes on television over the stock market as opposed to just looking at the data. He's, he's the young liberal guy, and, and he's calling out boot edge edge. 
We're not dealing with inflation. So it's those meanie Republicans who are to blame. If only the meanie, nasty Republicans had done what Joe Biden wanted. If anything, Joe Manchin and the Republicans have saved Joe Biden and the Democrats from themselves. But this ultimately here again, this you can't overemphasize this. The Democrats have been on the attack. The Democrats have been nasty. The Democrats have gone after uh, the, the, the Republicans. The Democrats have just absolutely savaged the Republicans as racist since Donald Trump. This is before Donald Trump. I mean, I remember Bill Maher on HBO when Donald Trump was running in the nomination. He's like, look, I realize we called George W. Bush racist, and I realize we called John McCain a racist, and I realize we called Mitt Romney racist, but this guy really is a racist, and he's not. By the way, Donald Trump is not really racist. But, I mean, they, they really, they went that way. They've been doing it nonstop. It falls on deaf ears. The bottom line for those of you who are on the left, if you really want to understand where you're headed right now, it's the economy and nothing but the economy. And the reason you can't deflect from that is because you've been the boy who cries wolf for so long. You've been the boy who cried wolf for a decade now. You can't call the Republicans mean and you can't call them nasty and you can't call them racist and you can't call them bigoted and you can't call them homophobe and you can't call them transphobe and you can't call them out to lunch and you can't call them outmoded and you can't call them out of ideas because you've been doing that for a decade. That's all you've been doing. You haven't tried to sell your agenda. You've tried to sell that the Republicans would make it worse. Your ultimate, ultimate bottom line issue here is that Republicans, Democrats, independents, moderates, and and everyone in America remembers the Donald Trump administration. Yes, they remember the chaos, the anger, and the mean tweets. But they also remember having stores full of baby formula and car lots full of used cars and new cars for sale. They remember cheap prices and they remember an overflow of abundance and they remember good pay raises and they remember good jobs. They remember a time before Joe Biden and that time was presided over by ultra MAGA man and it really wasn't as bad as the Democrats say. It's hard to vilify a group of people and say what's coming is going to be worse than us. When those people were in charge just a couple of years ago, and it really wasn't that bad. If you're a regular listener to this podcast, you know, I used to have a great business sense and love to invest, and it just got overwhelming. And I've been looking to get back into it. And y'all, I have tried the different companies. Y'all know the companies I'm talking about out there. And I settled on SoFi for a lot of reasons, and now I'm actually happy to tell you about them as a podcast advertiser. I'm happy they came on board because I came on board them before this, and I really like it. And one of the reasons I like it is because it's gotten so complicated with all the jargon out there. you got meme stocks, altcoin. you got shilling for different stocks. You don't know who you can trust. Uh, with SoFi, you can actually get into investing stocks, ETFs, crypto, retirement planning. You get all the IRA options, whether SEP, traditional, or Roth. You don't get commissions on trading stocks and ETFs. You get no account fees or hidden fees. You can use fractional shares that start as low as $5 to buy brand name stocks. Even if you don't have a couple thousand dollars lying around, you can get started for cheap with SoFi putting your money in and watching it grow over time. Now listen, you get hands-on with active investing. You can let SoFi's number one ranked automated investing tool, their robo-advisor, take the stress out of building and managing a diversified portfolio. They've got it all there. It's easy to use. I've been using it. I love the interface. It's intuitive. If I can do it, you can do it. Cut through the jargon. 
Make investing easy with SoFi. Go to SoFi.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to learn how you can win up to $1,000 in stock when you open an account. That's SoFi.com slash Eric, S-O-F-I.com slash E-R-I-C-K. Brokerage and active investing products offered through SoFi Securities, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. Hello there. It's Eric Erickson here. The phone number, 877 877- Nine seven three seven four two five. Should you wish to be a part of this year program, we got to move on. My child is texting me that one of her teachers decided to insult me in class. <laughs> it's fine. He meant it as a joke. I'm debating whether or not I should devote airtime to ridiculing him. <laughs> Never argue with the man who has the bigger microphone, particularly when all the kids' parents listen. Okay. All right. Seriously, we got to move on. Um, you know, things are not going well for Putin. Uh, Vladimir Putin is, looks like they have lost a third of their military. Think about that. A third, well, really, I should say a third of their army. They've lost a third of their army to the Ukrainians. They have killed, the Ukrainians have a third of the Russian army, the second largest fighting force on planet Earth. Dead in the fields of Ukraine is just staggering. Not only that, uh, Finland and Sweden now want to be part of NATO. And if you think that's big, you better sit down for this one. The Swiss are going to consider NATO application membership. If you now listen, I, I don't expect everyone to know these things. I grew up overseas. I'm fascinated by world affairs and, and just the world in general. Switzerland is the neutral country on earth. Switzerland is like the model for neutrality. Switzerland has never picked a side. Even against the Nazis, the Swiss were neutral. Every single person in Switzerland is given a gun and taught how to use it. And they are expected to fight to the death if their country is invaded. The Nazis had no intention of invading Switzerland. And the Swiss were the neutral go-between between both sides in World War II because nobody was going to invade them. They'd all die. Every citizen in the country had guns and ammo. Our um, United States, by the way, to some degree, our uh, constitutional structure was influenced to a degree by the the Swiss structure of states giving limited power to a federal government. And Switzerland is now thinking it wants to become a part of NATO is a really big deal. It shows you how much there is concern. And the Swiss concern, frankly, is that the Russians have nukes. And you can't really defend your country when they drop nukes on you. And there's something deeply destabilizing about the Russians. Um, uh, y'all, it's, this is phenomenally shakeup of the situation in Europe to have these countries be neutral. And by the way, you know, if you got my morning email, you would know all of this. If you got my uh, noontime briefing, you'd have all these links. If you text the word show to 33777, not only do you get the podcast links for Apple, Music, uh, Spotify, Google, but you all can sign up for the daily show email and, and the, the show prep. It's show prep for your mind, if nothing else. 
Uh, but you got to be a subscriber. Text show to 33777. Okay, when we come back, I want to run through the Supreme Court decisions. I want to take your phone calls as well. Uh, be patient on the phones, 877-973-7425. At the top of the next hour, Gary Black is going to join me. He's running for the Senate. But I want to spend a little bit of time. There were some significant Supreme Court decisions today. The Dobbs case is still pending. Clarence Thomas has spoken about the Dobbs case. I, I want to tell you what he said. But really, uh, a real divide on the Supreme Court today, Neil Gorsuch joining the left on the court on an immigration case, and then Ted Cruz getting a massive win. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. I just want you all to know I, I've taken one for the team, and I I have perfected the margarita recipe, and I'm sending that out on Wednesday on the recipe list. You should be on it. I have been squeezing limes and oranges and lemons, getting ratios right. I'm ready for you on Wednesday. Uh, even sampling the difference between tap water, purified bottled water, and spring water just to make it right. So text recipe to 33777. Subscribe. I've already got it queued up to fire off on Wednesday. Now, I want to take your phone calls, 877 877- 973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, I'm going to go to Jim. Welcome, sir. How are you? I'm doing pretty well, and I'm glad to hear the Democrats are going to get tough with us and come after us. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I think we, all we need to do is start quoting Democrats to Democrats. Let's. My favorite is Clinton's Treasury Secretary, Larry Summers, wrote an op-ed a year and a half ago in the Washington Post saying, Mr. Biden, if you print all that money and issue all that debt and crud, you're going to cause inflation. And about a year later, here we are with lots of inflation. And it's still been going on all this year. So that's just, and that's just one example. I'm sure Bill Maher could come up with some stuff that will be kind of uh, <clears throat> difficult for them to handle. Oh, yeah, listen, um, all, all we've got to do, is if nothing else, quote the denials. But you know, Larry Summers has been uh, fairly regular on television for the last year, explaining basic economics to the Democrats. Now you, you got to understand this, and I'll get to the Supreme Court here in a minute. But this is important for y'all to understand. Some economist—I forget what her name is—I uh, think she's at Harvard. She came up with the idea of modern monetary theory. Modern monetary theory is not testable. It violates all of the rules of economics, and essentially she's been daring countries to try to deploy it. The idea of modern monetary theory is that you can print as much money as you want to spend as much as you want on anything you want and if you get a sense of inflation, all you have to do is raise taxes on the wealthy and corporations, and that'll take care of inflation. That's her theory. That's the theory. Now, it's not that they don't believe inflation won't happen. I, I, I read one of the explainers of it, and essentially the way economists would imagine inflation, which we now have – is that you are walking down a hall. It is a windowless corridor and there are no lights, so it is pitch black. And you know in front of you there's a giant hole in the floor. 
Traditional economists believe you could fall into that hole any moment if you spend money. Modern monetary theorists believe the floor the hall is so long, the hallway is so long, and the hole so far away from you, it doesn't matter. We are seeing the collapse of modern monetary theory. It is embraced by people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and members of the Biden administration. This idea, completely untested in economic times, uh, that because we are now fiat currency and our economy is so dominant and large that we, the United States, can print all the money we want and no one can stop us and inflation won't hurt us, we're seeing that come to a staggering end. It has hurt us as your prices continue to go up, first and foremost because of energy prices. You know, the Biden administration canceled those leases in Alaska and elsewhere, and they said that they were canceling because there really was no interest. Here's this from the Washington Examiner. Industry groups and some Republicans are disputing the Biden administration's justification for pulling the plug on the offshore lease sale in Alaska's Cook Inlet, which it said was canceled due to lack of industry interest. Both have argued energy companies and other parties did want the sale to move forward and that the only way to gauge interest in the sale properly would have been to hold it and allow energy companies to offer bids. The Interior Department confirmed late Wednesday it would not move forward with work on three offshore lease sales, one for acreage in Cook Inlet and two off the Gulf Coast, the last outstanding sales outlined in the current five-year offshore lending, leasing program. Kara Moriarty, president and CEO of the Alaska Oil and Gas Association, said the administration's reasoning on Cook Inlet was disingenuous and pointed to comments she filed with the Bureau of Ocean Energy Management in December, in which she said she expressed her organization's support for the sale. Essentially, the Department of uh, Interior is saying, well, we're canceling these sales because no one showed any interest but they canceled the sales before anyone could offer a lease. So how do they know there was any interest, no interest when they weren't even at the point of offering the leases? They did it beforehand. It's, it's such a silly, silly thing. All right, back to the phones we go. Jim, you're up next. Yeah, Eric, it's, it's obvious talking about this modern, modern monetary theory. Anybody who buys into that is a moron. Hence, it's actually moron monetary theory. <laughs> um, yeah, AOC and, and Ilhan Omar, absolutely. Um, it, it, it really, it, it does make no sense, the idea that we can just print all of the money we want. You know, the Romans did this. I've said this before. The, the Romans didn't have an idea of what inflation was. Uh, the, the Romans kn- knew what they were happening. They, they, they knew what was going on in the economy. They, they knew essentially that the more they cheapened their gold by putting cheaper minerals in the gold to keep making the same number of gold coins, that prices went up. They, just, they didn't have the terminology, the vocabulary, or the understanding really of inflation. Um, and it, it was finally – it's one of the things that really brought down the Roman Empire, frankly. Led, people have so many theories, lead pipes or uh, what's his name who wrote the history of the decline and fall of the Roman Empire. Christianity is to blame, and there's actually some level of, of theory to that. Um, and, but then also inflation. Inflation did in their economy. You know, the, the, the Christianity one is actually one I'm, I'm fascinated in. Uh, what was his name? Um, Gibbons, Edmund, Edmund Gibbons. Um, he, so Gibbons blamed the rise of Christianity 
for the collapse of the Roman Empire. Essentially, he said that all of the best and brightest used to go into the Roman bureaucracy. It was a it was you glorified the emperor and you glorified Rome. And so if you were a brilliant person, you went into the Roman bureaucracy. But with the rise of Christianity in the Roman Empire, uh, the best and the brightest didn't want to glorify Rome anymore. They want to glorify God. And so they went into the church. They became priests. And so they, the as the intellectual weight of the church soared, Ambrose, Aquinas, well, Aquinas is later, but Ambrose, Augustine, a Tertullian, uh, you, you name it, um, they moved into the church and they otherwise would have been Roman bureaucrats who would have managed the empire and kept it from declining. That was his theory. It's actually, a, it's, he's got some thought to it there. Athanasius, you name it, Santa Claus, um, the real Santa Claus. Uh, nonetheless, I digress. Now, I got to move on. The Supreme Court, it's released some decisions today. One of which, it's very interesting, um, the aspects of the alignment of the court. And I I am, my heart's with Neil Gorsuch. In the case of Patel versus Garland, but my brain is with Amy Coney Barrett. The case involved uh, the attorney general and a deportation. Mr. Patel was deported because of an error in facts. The Department of Justice got the basic facts of the case wrong, and it led to a deportment. Patel sued and said they got the they got the basic information wrong. Surely there should be a redress for this. And even by the way, the Biden administration came out and said yes, court, please. And the Supreme Court said nope. This is this is a terrible case and an injustice, but there's nothing we can do here. Let me read you what Amy Coney Barrett said. Congress has comprehensively detailed the rules by which non-citizens may enter and live in the United States. When non-citizens violate these rules, Congress has provided procedures for their removal. At the same time, there is room for mercy. Congress has given the Attorney General power to grant relief from removal in certain circumstances. Federal courts have a very limited role to play in this process. With an exception for legal and constitutional questions, Congress has barred judicial review of the Attorney General's decisions denying discretionary relief from removal. We must decide how far this bar extends, specifically whether it precludes judicial review of factual findings that underlie a denial of relief. It does. In other words, According to the conservatives in the court, uh, John Roberts, Amy Coney Barrett, Sam Alito, Brett Kavanaugh, and Clarence Thomas. Barrett writing for the court. Congress says, courts, you're not allowed to second-guess the attorney general for any reason if he denies someone the ability to stay in the country. And the conservatives on the court say, Congress says we can't can't second-guess the attorney general for any reason, and that includes if the attorney general screws up with clear factual mistakes. By the way, I I agree with that. It's a matter of principle. Congress should fix this. It's not for the court to fix Congress's mistake. Neil Gorsuch wrote the dissent for him, Justices Breyer, Sotomayor, and Kagan. This is him. 
it is no secret that when processing applications, licenses, and permits, the government sometimes makes mistakes. Often, they are small ones, a misspelled name, a misplaced application. But sometimes, a bureaucratic mistake can have life-changing consequences. Our case is such a case. An immigrant to this country applied for legal residency. The government rejected his application. Allegedly, the government did so based on a glaring factual error. In circumstances like this, our law has long permitted individuals to petition a court to consider the question and correct the mistake. Not anymore. Today, the court holds that a federal bureaucracy can make an obvious factual error, one that will result in an individual's removal from the country, and nothing can be done about it. No court may ever hear the case. It is a bold claim promising dire consequences for countless lawful immigrants, and it is such an unlikely assertion of raw administrative power that not even the agency that allegedly erred nor any other arm of the executive branch endorses it. Today's majority acts on its own to shield the government from the embarrassment of having to correct even its most obvious errors. Respectfully, I dissent. I, my heart's with Gorsuch on this. Gorsuch has a particular judicial philosophy that uh, when the government screws up, the government should be bound by its mistakes. But when the government screws up and it's to your advantage or to your disadvantage, the government should fix it. I like it. It's very libertarian. If the government screws up and hurts the government, the government's got to live with it. If the government screws up and hurts you, the government's got to fix it. But the conservative viewpoint here from Amy Coney Barrett and and the other justices is Congress gives the courts certain boundaries into which it must operate. And one of those boundaries is we can't fix the government's mistakes for the government if the government screws up. It sucks for everybody, but we're not allowed to fix it. And the Supreme Court majority showed restraint. Now, there's the other case, Ted Cruz versus the Federal Election Commission. 6-3 majority written by John Roberts. In this case, the federal government said if you're a candidate for office and you loan yourself money, you can't pay yourself back up to, I think, $250,000. If you loan yourself more than $250,000. The Supreme Court said that's nonsense, that if you loan yourself money for your campaign, you should be able to pay yourself back to the penny. The minority says, well, this is bad because you can loan yourself a lot of money and then get campaign donors once you're elected to give you campaign contributions in order to pay yourself back. The argument, however, from the court is that Money is speech in politics, and you are restraining someone's ability to fund their own speech if you are disincentivizing their ability to pay themselves back. The majority got this right. It should be the end of the uh, McCain-Feingold legislation. Citizens United is a great case. This follows on top of it. Uh, We really should stop forcing people uh, to adhere to McCain-Feingold altogether. It's a terrible, terrible law. Uh, Good riddance to it. Now, speaking of lending yourself money, you got to take care of your finances too personally. And with high taxes right now, the way things are, and taxes may be going up, inflation definitely going up, all sorts of stuff. It, it's We're in an economic mess. We're in economic uncertainty. I saw the other day that liberals are now saying again, raise corporate taxes. Well, thankfully, you're not a corporation. And so your taxes maybe won't go up. 
But regardless of taxes, you got interest rate hikes. You've got gas prices. You got 40-year high inflation. If you have $50,000 or more in your IRA, your 401k, or other retirement savings, your money could be at risk. You don't have a lot of options to add extra stability to your retirement savings. But gold and silver might be a good fit for you. I want you to call my friends at GoldCo, 855-904-5933. They will send you a free wealth protection kit. You'll be able to, to, with this kit, learn how to use gold and silver, protect your money. Thousands of retirees are protecting their retirement savings. Many are getting $10,000 or more in free silver for doing it. Call my friends at GoldCo. Get your free retirement kit. Find out how to qualify for their special offer. They've helped thousands of Americans. Call them 855-904-5933. Or you can just text ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777. Text ERIC to 33777. I'll send you Gold Co.'s number Talk to them about the free wealth protection kit and see if they might be a good fit for you. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan, wherever you are nationwide. They would like to help your business grow. You can reach out to them at firstlibertyga.com, firstlibertyga.com. They can help you wherever you are in the nation. If your business wants to grow, you need access to loans, $750,000 or more. Ask First Liberty if they might be able to work with you. See if they can get you to yes, firstlibertyga.com. When we come back, Georgia's Agriculture Commissioner, Gary Black, is going to join me. He has actually taken the business to Herschel Walker, uh, running a series of ads highlighting all of the stuff the Democrats could come after Herschel Walker with, making the case that he's a better fit. He's been elected statewide in Georgia, beloved by farmers in the state, and he's been given Herschel a run for his money. So we're going to spend an hour with him as we have the other candidates for office, the other Senate candidates. Kelvin King joined us. Josh Clark joined us. Latham Sadler joined us. Now Gary's going to join us for the full hour to give you his background, who he is, why he's running, what are his big issues. Also, what exactly does the Ag Commissioner do in a state like Georgia? I want to talk to him about those things. Should be a good conversation. Stick around. Um, additionally, I need you to know that though the Dobbs case has not come out, uh, there are now more rumors circulating from the Supreme Court. We don't know whether the left, right, or center, but that the Alito opinion that leaked is still the only draft opinion that's circulating out there. That suggests no one, including the Chief Justice of the United States, has offered an alternative to what Sam Alito wrote, which is good for the pro-life cause. I, I don't think any of us really know what American politics will look like if the Dobbs case goes away. We, we've never seen anything like this, a, a world without abortion as a as an issue at the national forefront. Maybe it will impact states. It definitely will more than the federal government. Um, we will see, and we'll keep our eye on this, see if this case comes out. It's going to be out in a few weeks, if nothing else. All right, when we come back, uh, Agriculture Commissioner Gary Black in Georgia joins me running statewide for the United States Senate in the Republican primary against Herschel Walker. It wants the right to go after Raphael Warnock, who's now considered one of the more endangered Democrats in the United States Senate.